Welcome to Lessons in Life and Love with Rihanna Milne, where we show you how to have the positive mindset for success in all life areas so you can grow beyond difficult transitions and evolve from those challenging moments that may have influenced your past but will not define your future. It's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve as we teach you the exact skills needed to attract and keep a lasting, emotionally healthy and conscious relationship. Now, please welcome your host, certified life dating and relationship coach, trauma professional, and best-selling author, Rihanna Milne. Hey, hello, everyone. Welcome to show 14 of Lessons in Life and Love. Happy Monday. I hope you've had an incredible weekend. Tonight's topic is so amazing. It's sexual desire and intimacy, keeping the passion alive. And I have a very special guest for you tonight, Dr. Jane Gwynn, who is a sex and intimacy coach and author of Too Busy to Get Busy. And you've got to check out that number one bestseller. We're going to cover topics like why do partners cheat, how best to recover from an affair, sexual desire getting that back after an abusive relationship and so many more. And she just shipped me a whole nother lot of questions. I'm like, oh, wow, these are feisty. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to getting into this topic. You know who I am. I am your global certified life dating and relationship coach, certified clinical trauma professional, and the number one best-selling author, your life and love coach, Rihanna Milne, known as a life and love transformation expert. I'm on a mission to change the way the world loves. And I hope you, my listeners, my angels of love, love and love transformers will help spread the word on how to have conscious loving and respectful relationships this educational podcast airs every monday from 6 to 7 p.m eastern time and helps women and men of all ages to heal from past childhood adverse events and abusive relationship trauma or difficult life transitions that impact them today as adults in both life and love i will also teach you the exact skills you need to attract and keep an emotionally healthy evolved love relationship no matter your age whether you're straight or lgbt or if you're single or in an exclusive relationship my goal is always for you to have the life you desire and the love relationship that you deserve take advantage of getting your personal questions answered tonight during this live radio show by calling me or dr jane from 6 15 till 7 it's for free numbers 866-451-1451 just have your question or comment ready when you call in to talk to my show producer, Abraham. If you can't wait, want to meet with me personally this week, then do apply for a free life and love transformation discovery session. It's a $500 value. Just go to my website, rihannamilne.com, fill out the pop-up form, tell me your story, and I'll see how I can help you best. Now let's get you started. And remember, if you hear something you know will benefit a friend or a loved one, please be an angel love and share the show link. You can get the show archives at my new podcast website. It's lessonsinlifeandlove.com. The show archives are also on boldbravemedia.com, iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn Radio, and I know there's a whole lot more out there. But get the latest and the greatest at Bold Brave Media or lessonsinlifeandlove.com. I'm just going to start with a little bit of research from Relationship Rules of Success from my book, 
love beyond your dreams, break free of toxic relationships to have love you deserve. And again, this is not just Rihanna's opinion. I want to make sure that that's understood. This is from over 300 books that I've researched over two years. All kinds of experts, young and old, past and present, about what the relationship rules of success are. thought we could cover a bunch of these, some of them, and then go Dr. Jane on the line. Here we are. Remember, there's no guarantees in love or life. What we hope for is to have a long, healthy life full of love from family, friends, and a very special partner. In a high-quality love relationship, you should feel safe emotionally and physically, as well as feel nurtured sexually, spiritually, and intellectually. We don't try to control, but instead give supportive, unconditional love as we both focus on personal and couple growth as we build a life together. The best relationships and marriages today are a partnership in every way, from helping to raise children, to cleaning the home, to discussing and practicing a good financial plan that's best for the team. They're about friendship and support, yet to keep the love and romance alive, a balance between your love relationship, the family, and you is imperative. The interdependent relationship is when where two partners focus on being their best individual selves and continue to strive to reach their respectable dreams. But at the same time, they choose to be exclusive to one loving partner, which is different from being codependent, self-sacrificing, overly needy, or controlling of your partner. Exclusivity results in two evolved, happy, and emotionally healthy people choosing each other to love and share their lives. And remember, evolved means being your highest and your best self. Being accountable to the self relationship and family means each individual partner lives in truth and with integrity and are absent of any addiction and strive to be a role model for themselves, their marriage and their children. They start each day by counting their blessings and feeling really grateful for what they do have and live consciously making sure they don't dwell on what they don't have. They practice being positive individuals, bringing happiness into their union and the time they share together. They have already closed the door on the past. No baggage or exes are brought forward into this new union to keep the love fresh, alive and focused forward. Knowing life is short and should be lived consciously in the now, they lovingly kiss and hug their partner hello and goodbye and encourage their children daily to do their best, to keep their life balanced so they can each have exercise and meditation time, dinner together, provide a few activities for their kids, but nothing to excess. You know, every week there should be a date night. I suggest, too, that you look forward to to dressing up together and enjoy your romantic time. I mean, this is a time to let loose, have fun, romance your partner, take plans, picking and planning the places that you'll go and surprising your partner with a date that they have in mind. At that time, computers and phones should be put away, giving full attention to your partner. And you don't over oblige yourself outside of the relationship with the immediately family to anyone who is not a priority. Keep focused on your partner. If you have young children, of course, the children and family and then you know your time as a unit. The little things are the big things, being kind, sending a random love, text or note or email, picking up cards or flowers just because, dressing attractively for each other and yourself, doing the chores in a helpful, balanced way, and taking time to hold hands, hug and kiss throughout your day. All these items combined add up to a really nice, blissful union. 
There's some other relationship rules for success, and I have many listed in my book, but I'll just name a couple because I do want to bring on Dr. Jane very soon. Live each day as it may be your last. Don't give up your sense of self, but don't stop loving your partner and showing how much you cherish them. Carve out daily time for each other. During work hours, plan new goals for yourself. Talk with your partner about how to support one another individually and to get some time off to exercise, meditate, and so on. For relationship balance, there's always three sides of the equilateral triangle for self, partner, and family. If you're older, self, partner, and then you two together. Many times with stress, the time balance given to each entity can become altered. If you and your partner remain balanced individually, stress and anxiety usually stays down for everyone. Never argue in public or discuss your private disagreements with family or friends. Keep it between the two of you. It's your business. It's very important that you don't go outside unless it's with a professional that would give you an outside opinion. Three, practice open and honest communication daily with no fear, yelling, demands, control, or lies. Don't hold back anger or resentment. If something becomes a little heated, take what I call a tea break, which stands for a therapeutic break. You can just say, hon, I think we need a little time just to think about this, get your ideas together, my ideas together. Then we come back. Then the goal is for each of you to come back with two solid ideas, discuss them, and then decide what's best for the team. Always keep in mind that you are a team and you want to move forward with the best plan for the both of you. This break takes about 30 minutes to two hours max, it's not a time to slam the door and go down to your local bar. Okay, there's a time to, you know, separate and really give some honest consideration to what the plan is that would be best for both of you. Be respectful when you take the break, say where you're going. Again, do some deep conversation and thoughts about what is your partner looking for. Four, both must live in integrity. You each must do the right thing when nobody is looking. And I always say, ultimately, God is watching. You're going to be found out. So any lies, deceit, emotional or sexual affairs, verbal or emotional abuse, lack of maturity and emotional control, and various addictions are what ruin most relationships today. Five, you must take care of yourselves. Image is important to both women and men. Eat healthy, exercise to maintain your weight, dress attractively, practice good hygiene, and stick as close as you can to the image you were as you met your partner. As you grow older, keeping optimum health is important for both of you. Number six, you must put your partner first before parents, friends, in-laws, siblings, or children. You want to make them feel loved and cherished and important every day in some small way. When you two are strong, the family unit will stay together. And that, of course, would benefit your children as well. Seven, you must pledge to stay sexual at least once to three times each week. Both partners should make advances to the other. It shouldn't just be put on the man. That's too traditional. If you're not feeling up to it one night, just promise you'll make up for it the next day or one day soon and do so. Keep sex exciting and playful by enjoying different fantasies and romance to keep it passionate and loving with a deep emotional connection. Next, both partners need to be mentally strong and emotionally healthy. Neither should have an addiction. They should not engage in lies, deceit, a lack of integrity surrounding any type of a secret life that really ruins the relationship when you're hiding secrets and ultimately will be discovered. 
next. You must be an equal partner in household and childhood activities, balancing your work and time together schedules, discuss your schedules, make plans. So it's always something you can look forward to. And when you're around the home, do the chores together so you can go out and play more often. Next, you must be both open and honest about your finances and where the joint money is going. I think it's acceptable to have your own accounts, of course, and credit cards. But bills and credit cards should be open to each other. There should be no reason ever for secrets. You're a team. Remember that. You should have some spiritual faith or practice that you share together. Faith in God or your higher power brings out accountability for living a life of excellence and integrity. Faith helps you believe in abundance and helps you feel your loving relationship will be blessed. These are just a few of the tips that are based on research. I happen to love them, and that's why I've included them in the book. I feel aligned with them. Now I'm going to introduce my guest, Dr. Jane Gwynn. Hi, Jane. How are you? I am wonderful. It's such a delight to be here with you today, Rihanna, and with your audience. Thank you, Jane. I want to tell everyone who's listening, we go back about a year and a half now. We were both on the Lisa Satchevich Sassy Mastermind. This is a business coach, and we do a lot of brainstorming together. We did an interview before, and I just really, truly enjoy this lady as a person, and she's an amazing professional and a great friend. So thank you, Jane, for coming on. Let me tell the listeners about you a little bit. Dr. Jane Gwynn is a nationally known sex expert with a PhD in human sexuality. She's the author of the Amazon number one bestseller, Too Busy to Get Busy, and the creator of The Lover's Journey, which is based on her transformational bedroom model. Because Dr. Jane's been married to her husband, Jim, over 30 years, she understands the challenges. Although things haven't always been perfect, they have better sex now than they did when they almost got caught making out in the conference room at the county hospital where they first met. I love that. That's that's adorable. <laughs> so welcome yes, again, so Jane. Uh huh. There Thank you go, you. girl. <laughs> I was just going to say, I love the tips that you were just giving our audience. What a beautiful series of really important pieces of good advice that you gave. So thanks for sharing all those. Sure. I think a lot of them are really sound and very important to follow, especially the number one, you're a team. And I often think that way, what's best for the team? It's not, you know, the selfishness of me or you. It's like, what's best for the team to work? And and I know that's important for intimacy as well. I want to know what led you to become a sex and intimacy coach and who are your primary clients? Wow. Well, I, I get this question a lot because I think sometimes people imagine a sex and intimacy coach to be some kind of a, like I'm envisioning somebody who always wears lace. The shirt is always very low cut. She's got amazing, <laughs> huge hair and I don't know, lots of rings or super short skirts, something like that. And, and I'm, you know, you and I know each other. I am, you know, I've been married over 30 years and mm-hmm. people, when they meet me, they say, you know, like, how'd you get into this? Why are you doing this? And I know part of what they're asking me is how is it at this point in your life that you are a sex and intimacy coach? And I love that question because it belies what we think about sex. We think it's just for the hot, the young and the single. Right. People on TV, right, or movies, right? That's the only people we really imagine, these amazing models and actresses. They are out there being sexual beings. But in truth, we're all sexual beings. So what led me to this place, and I can't tell you how much I adore my work, 
how honored I am to do what I am able to do with clients every day. Um, what brought me here was through my own experience, Rihanna. It was through my experience as a wife, a mother, a mom of six, actually. We have six right. children. Some of, <laughs> some of our kids are adopted, some aren't. And I ended up becoming really uh, very asexual and very much a super mom. Although we did still have a sexual relationship, just my emphasis and my connection to who I was as a woman just was lost in that way. And I was so focused on my kids that I uh, stopped really kind of channeling my inner sexy woman. And it ended up harming our relationship, actually. Uh, well, it's hard when you have six kids. You're a busy lady. But yes, it's all about the balance and finding that time to be your womanly self. And we all get tied down with work and then the chores and the obligations. So carving out that time to feel sexy and spend that nurturing time with your partner is so important. Do you see primarily men, women, or couples, or everyone? Yeah. Well, usually yeah. <laughs> I see couples, and the couples are typically what technically are referred to as sexless couples, which means that they have had six or fewer sexual experiences with each other over the previous year. So okay. usually that would be a sexual intercourse experience, but it might be any kind of kind of very intense sexual experience, and they have had six or fewer of those experiences over a 12-month period. Mm -hmm. Okay. And do you see a lot of couples after an affair? And I'm curious, what do you see more of who seems more wounded after the affair, a man or a woman, and why? It really depends on, it depends on the aftermath of the affair. I think that both genders feel very wounded after an affair. And the reason is that there's a sense of being deceived, of course. It's Mm -hmm. also true that the partner has had this different sexual connection to someone else in the breach and what has happened in the bed together with your husband and his outside partner, his lover, or your wife and her lover, the things that have happened there, the extent to which they've been really passionately involved and the way in which the affair partner, the person who betrays, I guess we could call that person, who, the person right. who goes outside, their willingness and ability to let go of their affair partner and return to the marriage in a committed way. So it's the gender piece is there. But it's, mm-hmm. And I would say that I tend to see more relationships where the woman has had an affair than where the man has had an affair. It seems like when the woman has had an affair, the wounding of the relationship is very deep because she tends to have a very encompassing experience with her affair partner. Whereas the men I've seen with affairs, and this is a generalization for sure, sure, but oftentimes they're more able to kind of call it just sex and return to the marriage in a different way. The woman seems to have gone into her affair with more of herself in the cases I've seen. I don't have research about that, but mm-hmm. the cases I've seen, that's what I've noticed. So I would say that generally the man is more wounded because when she comes back, it's almost like she left part of her heart in the affair. I did a psychotherapy for 18 years in private practice. I saw a lot of couples and most of them came in the door after an affair. And it's very, very toxic what happens. But I have noticed more so where the man will say, well, it happened. Just get over it. I said I was sorry. Like they want instant solution. 
let's just get on with our lives. But when a woman cheats, the man's like devastated. It takes a much longer mm. to heal. I always say, put yourself in the other partner's shoes. How would you want to be treated? They have healed after the affair when they've been in my office, but I always have to take them back to what happened before the affair. Did you stop spending quality time with each other? Did you stop going out and having fun and or taking vacations? Like what happened before? Were you both too kept up in work? Was there a lot of fighting about other things? We know cave woman brain needs to feel safe and secure no matter what, no matter how successful of a woman she is. That's her innate need. And even the whole idea of making love is you are opening yourself up to your partner, correct? So you right. have to be feeling safe and nurtured before you're able to make love. I think that the relationship, the woman has lost who she was. You had mentioned you became the mom, the super mom. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if they get into that role, they've lost that sexy woman. So how can a woman get that part of her back if that's the case of what happened? Yeah. And, you know, I think other than an affair, of course. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) right. We can learn a lot of lessons from the affair experience, even if we're not in it. Because for so many of us, in the middle of too busy, and I really see that the sexless relationship or marital sexual problems as being related to three specific things, a villain in this story, and that is this villainous snake that has three heads, and the first head is the too busy head. It gets Mm -hmm. us. And the woman who's coming back from an affair needs to realize maybe she's the affair person who had the affair or maybe her partner had an affair, but something in their lives has not created the spaciousness for real erotic connection. And I love the way you talked about that, Rihanna, the way you shared about how to create really an environment or even a template or a container where we can create a beautiful, yummy, delicious, sexy relationship between two married people. And for so many people who've had affairs or whose husband or wife has had an affair, that has been eroded. So that didn't even have yes. a, a place to grow. So the too busy is a huge thing and we need to fight against that. I agree. What is the most common issue you see with couples that come to you? What are some of the solutions that you have? Well, primarily people are coming because they feel, actually it's interesting that this three-headed serpent has, the first is the too busy bite it gets us. Oh, we're just too busy. The second piece that they come to me with, Rihanna, is too awkward. So they have these relationships that on the outside look amazing. Everybody Mm -hmm. thinks they are that couple. Like, oh, my God, if I had your relationship, (laughs) I would be so happy. You two are adorable. Your parents, maybe they're talking to their college kids. Your parents (laughs) are so amazing. They have such a great relationship. And immediately they divorce, right? And nobody knows why. But the reason is that they have this relationship that's like a a Jenga, uh, a tower, where, you know, that game where you pile up all those pieces of wood and a careful (laughs) thing. Right. They have that. It looks amazing on the outside. But way down at the bottom of the tower is this piece called Too Awkward that has to do with sex. And they can't talk about the fact that the sex piece is not working. And therefore, Mm. they're going to bed night after night after night, week after week. They're not following your amazing guidance to get together erotically, playfully have sex once a week, twice a week, three times a week. They're not doing that. That hasn't happened for months, weeks, or years. Wow. And they're in this situation where if they pull that piece out, 
they're fearful that the entire tower will fall mm. apart. And that yeah, is that what makes I so much sense. see, Rihanna. Yeah, mm-hmm. that That's makes so much sense. I see. Yeah, I, there's some couples that have amazing sex several times a week, fantasy play, role play, have a great sex, and then the partner still goes off and has an affair. What's with that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I equate a lot to that. I've seen that with childhood trauma because they're mm-hmm. always looking for the affirmation of, let's say it's a man that's doing the cheating. He's looking for more and more women to adore him, to play up to the ego. It's usually the wounded of a child, either a poor relationship with his mother or a mother hater, which we call you know, one of the personality types I describe, always looking for female affirmation. Right. Are you seeing that too? Right. What I want to say about that is this. When we are in a relationship with someone who has a proclivity to go outside of this, maybe there's a beautiful container. It's a beautiful relationship in so many ways. And yet this person, the partner, whomever it is, is seeking outside validation from the sex partner. What I tell my clients when that's happening is that all of our work is inner work. So Mm -hmm. if I'm the wife in that situation, my job is always to just maintain my wholeness and create space for this relationship you've described, Brianna, this team and collaborative relationship, and understand that I can't cure my partner. I can only be within myself. I can only, I can seek support from a therapeutic professional. I can request from my partner that they also share the same values, attitudes, values, and beliefs that I share. And then I have a choice as to whether I want to continue to play in this Mm -hmm. marriage, in this relationship or not. And it may or may not be a fit for me if I've made the request and if I'm standing in my integrity and I know I've provided what I can from myself out with a full honesty and authenticity and request. And I'm showing up, I'm fully showing up and I'm there for him and he chooses these other things based on his wounding, based on whatever is happening for him. I don't need to continue being with him though if that hurts me deeply. Just like I don't need to be with someone who has alcoholism and is actively behaving with this alcoholism that's hurting him and it's hurting me. So that's a choice for me to make. That's correct. We can't always change our partner. We can change ourselves and our situation and on the condition that we're living under. Spiritually, I always say forgive once and try to work it out together. But if the partner is a chronic cheater and does it several times, it just seems to have no remorse over it. This is a sexual addiction. This is, you know, something deeper. It's a deeper wound that he needs the constant accolades of a woman to make him feel like a man, not just his one woman. Then I find that they're devastated once the woman leaves. It's like, well, what did you expect? You know, <laughs> yeah. you know hello. Yeah. I know what yeah. you mean. Yeah, absolutely. But that's not us, right? We, While we're in a team, and I am so much a part of a team. Yes, um, that's how I together, like a relationship. But we are, right, we're separate people too. You know, we have yes. to maintain our sovereignty as human beings. Otherwise, it's actually, what is it then? It's kind of like a blob. We've become jello. I mean, jello is great in the cafeteria, but you don't want it, you know, it's not a thing to want. We want it. You want it as this codependency, is a technical term. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. That's right. We want to stay off that codependent triangle of the um, the rescuer, the victim, and the perpetrator. We want, you know, each of us are whole people. And, you know, if I show up as a whole person, and I know that you are as well, then we can actually have 
a team relationship that is feeding both of us and where we can provide a wonderful environment for our family, friends, etc. Correct. Let's talk about, you know, I work with a lot of women who come from emotional abuse, verbal, physical abuse, and long-term relationships, and they're holding it together for the family. And then there's a divorce and she just feels devastated. She lost herself. And sometimes she just loses that sexual feeling. Is this psychological? And how do you help her get beyond that? How do you help her tune in to get her mojo back? Yeah, right. Well, you know, the thing about that sexual feeling that we love so much when it's present and when it's healthy in us and it has an outlet, we love that. But it's actually a bit fragile. It's tender. And it can very easily be destroyed in a relationship that you're describing. Mm -hmm. It even can be destroyed in regular life. And, you know, for those of us who are menopausal, perimenopausal, postmenopausal, you know, we're going through hormonal changes and there are a lot of things happening in our lives with the stress of the outside world. And then to add on to that, an abusive relationship with a partner and now you're outside that relationship. And frankly, who would want to open themselves up to their own eroticism in that situation? It makes perfect mm-hmm. sense that women wouldn't want to feel that. Am I right? Well, yeah, but when she leaves the relationship, she's there, how can I get it back? That's, you know, often things we work through. Mm -hmm. Yes, she's in a state, a natural state of feeling closed down erotically and and fearful of allowing herself to be in that erotic space. Yeah, I think it's fear-based as well. Yeah, Mm -hmm. of course. So when we have libido, we know that we can be drawn to another You know, we see somebody and we find him attractive and then he understands us and he sends us some messages and all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, that's it. And you want to go there, but you feel fearful and, and many people experience this. But I feel that there are five different places that close us down erotically. And one of them is definitely experiences and emotions from the past that have caused us to fear being erotic in people. And so when mm-hmm. we start to kind of go through this and work through someone who is a specialist as you are in traumatic relationships, we can start to realize that by allowing the former partner to influence us in this way, we are robbing ourselves a second time of our yes. birthright to be erotic beings. Yes, it's so important when I work with my clients, I say close the door on your past because if you keep bringing it forward, you're going to ruin any chance of what you have new with someone else. We have to exactly. you know, get them to feel amazing and wonderful, again, all about themselves, get their life back, their self back, their sensuality back. And then live in the moment and move forward, leaving that past. And I always say to my ladies, don't judge all men because this one man broke your heart. Everyone in front of you is a new person. Give that person 100% trust. Only they can take it away. Knowing what is emotionally healthy and asking the questions and getting to know somebody and their values and their sense of integrity is really important. And I said, when you feel like a successful single, you feel great about who you are and you're living a life of integrity, you do then love who you are and you're able to offer that sense of love to someone else, someone new. And that's why moving forward is so important versus staying halfway in the present and halfway in the past. It's really important. I want to say about that, I just wanted to emphasize what you said, that yes, what we do when we allow a past partner or even an abusive person from our distant past to keep us from being in touch with ourselves sexually, we're allowing that person 
to continue keeping a hand on our neck in a way that doesn't mm-hmm. allow us to stand up straight and take in what's there for us. And what we need to do is exactly what you said, Rihanna, to shut the door, to pull the hand off our neck and say, I won't have that anymore in my life. Now I am going forward with a different energy and I'm allowing what serves me and what I desire and deserve to come into my heart, to come into my space. Thank you. That was beautiful. That's so true. Thank you. What are some techniques you could share with our listeners to keep love and romantic passion alive and fun? What do you suggest for the couples? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I ha- what I suggest what bag of tricks, to everyone, Jane? <laughs> <laughs> I feel that thing is a lost art. Mm. Uh, and I actually just the other day here in Oregon, I taught a class on five steps to the perfect kiss. And I think that when we understand the importance of kissing, that we can really revolutionize our sex lives. I agree. I agree. It's really a connection. I don't think it should be rushed. Like everyone seems to be such a rush today to get the sex done or over with or get to it. It's like, just slow down, slow down, enjoy the connection, enjoy the nurturing, the intimacy, because that fuels the fire that builds the passion, that builds the sensuality. I'd like to know those five steps. I don't know if there's a brief summary you can, can give, but I'm curious. Oh, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> it's a simple kiss, right? <laughs> so the first step is preparation. And when I teach people about preparation, I'm talking about kind of being present and yes. also preparing your mouth. And if you're a man, please, if you have a chance, please shave so that yeah, you Yeah, I love a clean-shaven guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or trim your mustache so it doesn't go up in our nose. Think about us when you're about to kiss us. Don't come to us with a scraggly or a, a prickly beard. So there's preparation. And for a woman as well, tons of messy lipstick. Most men don't really like that. So make sure that your mouth is clean and fresh and ready for a kiss. The next step is the approach. We approach a partner. We're going to lean in a little bit toward the partner. We're going to establish eye contact. Then look down at the lips, align your head, and move toward. But don't just overwhelm your partner, kind of slam them with your face. Move mm-hmm. toward so that they can come toward you a little bit. Then you have the next step. Step three is connection. When you meet lip to lip, allow your lips to be soft. Many of us kind of have tight lips and have this almost like a pecking um, yes. thing when we have our Yeah, kiss. that's not good. Don't do that. <laughs> Right. Your lips should be kind of closed, no big slobbery lips, just kind of attacking the face, smaller. (laughs) (laughs) Keep your lips kind of together and soft. So that's the connection, that contact. And then the next is connection. And I recommend that men allow the woman to lead in this area and let her show you what she'd like with her tongue, with her lips. Maybe she wants to open her mouth a little bit. You follow her lead. And you have your I love that. based on her. And then mm-hmm. we have release. And we move back, look at each other's lips, look at each other's eyes, stay kind of close to each other, and breathe out. <sighs> it's a very yeah, erotic, nice. circular kiss. So you come in and you go out. And if you want to stay in, then that's fantastic, too. I highly recommend that. Thank you for that explanation, because I thought that was, A, it was perfect, and B, that is the ideal kiss. And I can't tell you how many dates when I've tried kissing, they like shove their tongue in my mouth, and it's like, oh, 
you know, and I have to pull yeah, back and it's like, on, buddy. well, yeah, yeah. It's like, nice meeting you. Goodbye. That soft kiss, like soft, sensual. Yes. Perfect. At the end, when you look at the lips and look down at the lips, stay near and then look at the eyes, breathe out. It's amazing. You just transform the eroticism, the hotness, the draw to each other in that moment just goes through the roof. Love it. Love it. Now, you sent me a couple of questions you wanted me to ask you, and I'm like, whoa, this one's hot. Okay, so I'm going to ask this. <laughs> <laughs> and I just pulled it out of my printer, as you know, about five minutes before the show. Why do women mm-hmm. usually hate it when men send them pictures of their penises? And why do men send them in the first place? <laughs> Which we call in slang language dick pics, right? Exactly, if anyone did exactly. that to me, they would be blocked on my phones. I don't know how everyone right. else reacts to them. <laughs> okay, so dick pics, the supply and demand of dick pics is really off. Supply 100, demand zero. It's like an economics thing in the sex world. Jeez. We don't want those pictures. No, let we me don't. Tell you why. No, there's a reason. Okay, and there's a reason they send them. And the, both of these reasons make perfect sense if you understand something very innate in us, in us as men and women erotically. And this is it. Women hold their erotic energy, so their turn on, their erotic energy is held in their periphery, meaning their hands, face, head, neck, feet, and lower legs. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see us in the manicure salon. You see us getting our hair done, that we love to have our feet rubbed. We love having tickling on our hands and arms. That's why in the Adams family, Gomez was always kissing <laughs> Morticia up her arms. Yes. <laughs> you remember that show from way back? Because he was a very he sexy man. He was very energy. sensual to his he woman. Yes, so, he was. Yes, <laughs> he was. They were darling. So we hold our erotic energy in the periphery, and what we want from you, men, is we want you to bring it to the core, bring it from our hands, feet, head, neck, down into our core, into our chest, our breast, and down into the pelvis. We want you to help us bring it there, but it's not there. That's one of the reasons that we're often kind of lost don't in our Don't start thoughts. there, exactly. Yes. I always say you've you got to ignite the five senses. What we hear, yeah, what we right. see, what we smell, what we touch, taste. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah. So yes. then, but men, conversely, hold their erotic energy in the core between the head and the groin. And mm-hmm. that's why they think it's such a good idea to send us dick pics because that's where they're holding their energy. So if you're going to be with a guy and you want to let him know you're thinking about him and you touch him over his slacks in his groin, He'll find that such a lovely opportunity. <laughs> hey, they just think that's great. If you touch a woman, even if she's crazy about you and just grab her in the crotch, nine out of ten women are going to not like that because it's not the, really the where we're living then. They want you to hold their hand or rub their hand or kiss. And that's why the mouth is a place where the core and the periphery intersect. And that's why it's such a good place to start because we're, but we're yes. there erotically and they're there erotically so that's why they send us those pictures and that's why we don't really like getting them 
Well, thank you for that clarification. I thought that was very important. You're welcome. No, I always say mm-hmm. the woman likes a slow simmer. You know, let it build. And then that does lead to orgasm, which is explosion. Now, when you just try to go mm-hmm. to the chase, just grab a woman's breast. It's like, whoa, hello. <laughs> it have to let it build. And this is why I said date night's important because you're going out and you're listening to music and having something nice to eat. And you're sitting next to each other and flirting and kissing all along, which is that slow mm-hmm. simmer. The men that say, okay, I'm turning the TV off. It's 11 o'clock news. I'm done. Let's have sex. We're like, what? Well, I'm not turned on Mm -hmm. because our bodies don't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. They need to bring the energy out of the core, too, because one of the problems with male sexuality is it ends up being very focused just on the genitals. And it really has the possibility of being very widely spread through their bodies. And They don't have to be as focused on the expectations of having a certain sexual response with their genitals when they can expand and allow themselves really to relax more sexually. So that's part of what their job is or what our job is, is to bring that energy with some time and some connection from the core out to the periphery, maybe with massage on a man, starting at the chest, going out to Mm -hmm. the the shoulder, the arms and the hands. And that allows him to become bigger sexually and more relaxed. And it allows him to be a better partner for you and also to enjoy sex more. Right. Absolutely. There's so much more that you can do. What role does porn play in a relationship with either sexual problems? Does it enhance a couple's relationship? I find with my clients over the years, it's a real problem because the young 20-year-olds that are doing sex acts for large sums of money, the guy turns around to his everyday wonderful woman and expects her to do the same. And it's wreaking havoc. It's tearing a lot of relationships apart and many many are sexually addicted, that their emotions are in their brain is not turned on anymore. That's when it becomes addictive. And there's a great book called Out of the Shadows by Patrick Carnes' wife, Stephanie Carnes. She wrote Mending a Shattered Heart. That's for the woman. And his role was he was a sex porn addict and she had to recover from it. And he says intellectually and mentally and within the brain, it's like a high, they said, worse than cocaine, the turn on. And it's such a problem that they can't relate to their everyday partners at that point. Have you found that as well? Um, Yeah, that's really important information, Rihanna. And I think this relates as well to what we were just discussing, that it's a very core-based experience watching porn. It's like the the male brain and the genitals are kind of connected watching the porn with the eyes. So men tend to be very visual, as we Mm -hmm. often talk about that. So here you have this unembodied sexuality, which is being, they're observing in, in a really up close way, which we don't have the opportunity to observe people having sex in normal life. So you're watching people have sex, which is stimulating and and the sex that's being had is done in a way that is not as a sexologist which is how I identify myself is Mm -hmm. not the sex that you would have without a camera there because one of the many problems with porn is that porn teaches sexuality that is not actually real it's not pleasurable for the people involved it's all done for the camera angle and for you know the the specific pieces of the porn as a product and so right. it ends up being not, it, the sex isn't the kind of sex that you'd ever be having because even if it's amateur porn, it's still done with a camera angle in mind. 
And yeah. um, so it's not the sex that would that you'd ever be engaging in in a real relationship. And it's teaching people that the activities that you'd normally have with a partner are you know, teaching a totally different set of activities. That, in addition to what you mentioned already, that some people become so stimulated by porn that they're unable to or unwilling or altered in a way so that they can't have released that and then step into a relationship with a live woman, their live woman. I've even mm-hmm. heard situations where partners have had porn going during sex, like, well, instead of a partner, they've had like an iPad and the partner is, as well, you know, kind of like almost like the, the, uh, the sex was saw that in a movie somewhere. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. That's, that's yeah, sad. So anyway, but yeah. I mean, that said, that said, it is possible to use some erotic films in your relationship for stimulation. And there's some interesting films that are done that are more comprehensive, that be more interesting for women and different directors who offer those different films like Candida Royale, who's certain who's passed away yes. now. She wrote a lot of and directed a lot of films that would were more female friendly and they're ways well, that female friendly and for films. the couples. Yeah. There's like a love yes. story. It's, yeah. it's a slow build up. There's respect of the woman. Mm-hmm. So much everyday porn has no right. respect for the woman. It, it's yeah. hard. It's angry. It's controlling. Mm-hmm. It's demanding. And of course, women aren't going to like that. There's no turn yeah. on for that. <laughs> yeah. But the one done usually by the female directors to keep the couple and the romance in mind. Mm-hmm. It can still be right. feisty, but at least it's respectable. Mm-hmm. The last question what's the easiest way to juice up your sex life if some people are lagging in that area a little bit what do you suggest yeah well i suggest that you know really for people i talk to we start really slow i gotta tell you we talk really start really slow and we start with actually just being together naked and holding and connecting and getting past that bubble that we have around us when mm-hmm. we're in a sexless relationship, it's almost like we have magnets against each other. We don't, we almost like walk down the hall. In fact, there's a funny joke in my field. What's the only sex you've had? I'm in this sexless relationship. Say, what's the only sex I've had in the last year? It's when I walk past my partner in the hall and I say, F you. That's the closest <laughs> thing I've <Jeez>. you know? <laughs> That's luckily not my situation, but yeah, really. <laughs> not touching. <laughs> so the first thing to do is really just to, well, acknowledge that you'd like to improve your closeness, get help if that's something that you feel like you can do, and then start just holding each other. You know, we don't rebuild these relationships overnight. It didn't mm-hmm. get this way overnight, and it's not right. going to immediately rekindle. It's a slower process. So that's what I recommend in addition to the kissing advice that I gave earlier, holding and being near each other, hopefully partially naked, if not naked, and allowing some time to be there so that you kind of get each other. You get to understand where to feel each other again, feel into each other and spend some time there. Yeah. One last quick question. Like the man's Viagra, is there any kind of magic pill for the woman these days and age? And I'm wondering why they're not developing it. Vitamin wise, I know of Mahung and Horny Goat Reed work very Mm -hmm. well to, to raise stimulation for the women. But is there anything else that you know of out there for the ladies? Yes, there are some new products that include acupressure points 
that where you can put little crystals on your ear in different um, alignments that cause increased libido in women. There's also an amazing new device that just arrived. Someone has just created it that causes uh, activation of the abdomen that allows women to really bring up energy from their lower pelvis and into the upper part of their bodies. And for some women, it's actually an orgasmic um, kind of a massager. Right. I tell women, yeah, don't be shy of the toys, using toys. There's great products out there. Get to know yourself. Be comfortable with your body first. And then you certainly are comfortable when you're with a man. Read books, open your mind, live life, enjoy it. I am going to go to what we call our last lesson of the show, Jane. It's a little lesson to wrap up the show. And it's called I Am Alive and Open to My World. Today's reading, it's from Daily Affirmations for Raquel Lerner for children of alcoholics as well as those of trauma it says today i awaken to a world of choices i release the old baggage of yesterday each situation provides new opportunities to fill my world with new ways of being my eyes are open my breathing is consistent my ears are tuned to clarity i speak my mind and choose life as i move through the day if i feel dull or negative about life i'm reminded that i have choices i can change my mind and my perceptions i sit quietly and breathe easily i remind myself that i'm the author of my life i release the gray and i open to the colors that will refresh me with each new breath with each exhilaration i let go of grayness and indecisiveness with each inhalation i take new life and vital energy today i feel alive and open to my fullest expression i love that one and i just thought that would go along really great with our topic tonight jane i can't thank you enough for coming in i want to let you all know dr jane gwynn is also one of the three coaches that i have coming to my vip transformation experience women's group three days in fort lauderdale three coaches coach rich salenza who you heard last week he was wonderful. He's a man's dating coach. So who better to hear about men than from a man that teaches men? So he's coming and we got Dr. Jane. You hear how wonderful she is. She's going to help you individually and in group. And then we have also Lindsay Martinez, who is with me next week. I do want to tell you a little bit about her topic. She will be discussing the newest trends in nutrition, health, and fitness, going into intermittent fasting, which is a new thing, discussing good and bad foods, how much fitness do we need in our life, and amazing weight loss tips. We've got great things that we are going to be doing in that show, and she is the third guest coach coming in. Dr. Jane, you're lovely, you're wonderful, and you are so intelligent in talking about these topics tonight. So thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, Jane. Okay, Transformers, that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank you again, Dr. Jane Gwynn, G-U-Y-N. You want to check out her book, Too Busy to Get Busy, that number one bestseller. I'm sure she has a ton of great tips like she did tonight. So please tell your friends about this show who you love and you care about to join us next week too. And I appreciate you sharing the love and helping me change the way the world loves. Please also take a moment to give the show a five-star rating and a 
comment on what you like and what you want to learn about in any upcoming episodes of Lessons in Life and Love with me, your life and love coach, Rihanna Milne. And go to the website, lessonsinlifeandlove.com for all the show archives, or we're on Spotify, or of course, boldbravemedia.com. And you can send me your questions right from that website, lessonsinlifeandlove.com during the week. Okay, Transformers, be sure to join me live next week, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on BBM Global Network. And as always, I'm here to help you have the life you desire and the love you deserve. God bless and have a beautiful week. We want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Milne. Your personal journey of life and love transformation has only just begun. Go to RihannaMilne.com for more resources. And if you're really ready to take action to improve your life or love situation, apply now for a free life and love transformation discovery session with Rihanna, a $500 value. Just contact Rihanna with your questions and to tell her your story at RihannaMilne.com. And remember, it's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve.